We have this high tension wires, which a lot of people think creates some kind of a brain thing. I've never noticed that with myself. But the funny thing is, the people I've noticed that do live near the high tension wires, they do talk a little bit different. And we have a joke about that down in Pompham County, where, you know, the different counties, there's a big thing in the South. You say what county you're from, people know a lot about you, you know. It's not, I don't find that anywhere else. But the different different counties, and there's, uh, you know, Pompa County, and you'd always tell some, because those folks would say, I, I'm a Pompa County boy, and they, those are the guys who just had this little weird thing, because there was a, near this high tension wire, so they always say things like, uh, yeah, well, you, you couldn't, couldn't even understand them, because they would say, you know, I live uh, just down just pound out Sano near the Scalabar there was he having you know trying to roll any kind of flip up and you hear the flip up part you say I'm, I'm trying to understand what you're saying and they say well I'm a Pomp County boy and that's that's all you to be understanding and you say I don't understand that but what you're saying is it's all because of the high tension wires recorded live in the USA and covering the whole wide world this is the bubble genius Bob and Chez show right on with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. I had been living in New York and working there as an actor and director and choreographer for 25 years or so, and I really felt I needed a change. I imagined in my fantasy, I suppose, that, that when I came here, I would have a completely different life. Uh, perhaps um, a construction worker or one of those guys that works on those high wire things that uh, with a hard hat, you know, that sweeping sort of hat and uh, with the chaps. The following podcast contains harsh language, nudity, graphic violence, adult situations, and a healthy obsession with <laughs> empirical reality. The Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show. Oh, it is a fine day with a gigantic steaming bucket of show. I'm Bob Seska. I'm Chez Pazienza. That's Uh... Are we getting better at that? We're getting a little better. Uh, I think uh, we're covering all of the uh, the hot rock and DJ things. We haven't started yeah. saying things at the same time. The same thing at the same time. There's a lot of. That's right. We we need to hit the post. Hot rock and jocks. I always like to say. We need to turn this into a morning zoo. That's right. That's right. I need a morning zoo format. We can. Yeah, I break out my sound effects. I've got like a. <laughs> I don't have a. There you uh, go. Uh, you know, I, I have a chimp sound. I, I see I, you're feeling very Christopher Guest tonight, by the way. Yes, I am, because I found two clips that reminded me of Rick Perry. That's <laughs> I don't think I don't think Rick Perry has ever uh, has ever bragged about his my dinner with Andre action figures. <laughs> but man, I tell you what, the Republicans are suffering a, a serious meltdown, and I. I I think that's sort of going to be the centerpiece of uh, this week's show. Intelligent people would think that, wouldn't they? God, I, I don't know how you couldn't, because, I mean, if you just recap... Oh, you sorely underestimate the Republican Party. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you just recap the last, uh, I don't know, three, four days, it's it's a miracle the party is still functioning. I mean, they've yeah. got, they've got the, their main guy, the front runner. Herman Cain now has, I think, it's either... In, inexplicable to begin with, right yeah. off the bat. Just, you don't even need to say anything else. The front runner, Herman Cain. <laughs> right. Herman Cain, who is utterly unelectable. 
I mean, yeah, he has never. And I'm not talking about the general election. I'm talking about the Republican nomination. Doesn't stand a fucking chance. I think I, I wrote today. I said uh, when everything, you know, now that this whole thing has started coming out about uh, the sexual harassment, uh, the, whoever it was who worked for the National Restaurant Association and said that he actually witnessed uh, uh, one uh, case of harassment uh, uh, one particular time that uh, Kane harassed some woman. And he said that uh, if the details of that ever came out, it would end Kane's campaign. Kane, Kane's campaign ended 30 seconds after he said, I'm running for president. <laughs> but uh, you know what? It's really ending now. I mean, it's really... The whole thing's imploding. And, it, you know, yep. it started and it's not just the sexual harassment. It's not. And I, I choose the pronunciation harassment. By the way, that was my morning show DJ name back in the 70s. Hey, it's harassment in the morning. That was, that was har- harassment. Um, but, you know, it's, it wasn't just the, the harassment situation. It was uh, it started with uh, abortion. Well, it started with 999. 999 fell apart and even Herman Cain admitted that it fell apart. He needs, he said we're going to revise it. Now we're going to change the uh the 9% income tax. We're going to make it we're going to have different tiers of taxes that people are going to have to pay. Oh, what do you mean, Herman? You mean a progressive income tax? Is that what you're talking about? What we have so right nine now? tier tier nine tier tier nine <laughs> tier tier. Now it's got a really nice ring to it. Yeah, yeah. And, and so now it's a waltz. <laughs> that whole thing, the uh the Her- Herman Cain uh nine, 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 plan fell all apart never get enough of that nope and uh so so then it was abortion so you have the abortion situation came up where one minute he said uh i'm against abortion clear enough next minute he says i'm against abortion but it's up to the families it's up to the people to make up their own minds i government shouldn't be telling what these people what to do and so then he has to go on another show to say, I didn't mean that. I, I, I mean no abortions, period. No, I, I, it doesn't matter what I the mean, circumstances. I mean my campaign is an abortion. <laughs> right, right. So he says not only, not only changes his tune, and this is all taking place within about 24 hours. Hmm. It's not over a span of time. But, I mean, he's contradicting himself even in the same interview. He says, I, I'm against abortion in, in totality, no matter what the circumstances are. And what I meant is if someone decides to have an abortion and make that choice, they'd be breaking the law. But it's their choice to break the law. That's what I meant. So it was like it was all kind of a, uh, I don't know, it was foreshadowing of how the whole sexual harassment thing would, would come about. I thought Mitt Romney had cornered the market on changing his mind in a span of like three seconds. Mm-hmm. For Mitt Romney, the difference is that Mitt Romney is uh, smooth enough as a politician. I mean, he's been around the block. I mean, yes. he, he knows how to, I don't know, dance and, and kind of wiggle his way out of some of these situations. Herman Cain just doesn't have that, uh, I don't know what you could call it, the uh, political chops, panache. Yeah, he doesn't have the political savvy. He doesn't. He can't do it. He's not. He's not uh, schooled enough in in how these things work. So he thinks he can just he can kind of bullshit it and and make it up as he goes along. Well, that's not the way American politics works because you know there are things like videotape right. that that tend to screw people. <laughs> and so 
what, like I think three, maybe four women have come out saying that they were sexually harassed, including an Iowa pollster, I think. You know, it's just like it just never ends. And but it's you know what? Here's my thing about the sexual harassment. Oh, just, wait, wait, hold it. I, didn't, I see. I didn't know that. And, and that just sets up. You already know what it is that he said. It, it's so obvious. Oh, yeah. Hey, would you like to take my poll? Ah! Come on. It's such a breeze. <laughs> Zing. That, that, that joke makes its own gravy. It's a breeze. That's right. There it is. <laughs> and now um, I think they're looking at uh, Newt Gingrich surging. Oh, my God. Jesus, save us. <laughs> so, I mean, sure, why not? That's how screwed up all of this is. I mean, here's... Here's the front runner, the front runner for the Republican nomination being questioned by reporters uh, just yesterday, I think. Mr. Kane, will you release these women from this confidentiality agreement? Let me, let me, let me say one thing. I'm here with these doctors, and that's what I'm going to talk about. So don't even bother asking me all of these other questions that you all are curious about, okay? Don't even bother. It's a good question, though, about this confidentiality. The fact that these women do want to... What did I say? Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah, okay. Definitely not going. Not his day. No. And and again, this guy... I can't underscore this enough. This is the front-runner for the Republican nomination against a president who everyone in the Republican Party says is out of his depth, un-American, weak. Yeah, this is you said you said it today. This is this is the best they can do. Yeah. These these fucking clowns are honestly the best they can do. And I'll tell you something. Look, I'm I'm not a Republican, and I really dislike wholeheartedly what the Republican Party has become. But I tend to expect that they can at least muster a couple of decent people from within their ranks. You know, I may not agree with them, but decent people who can who can take a, a run and sort of speak for whatever it is that their politics uh, uh, mean. And this is it. This is what they've come up with. You know, truly, I mean, Mitt Romney really is the only one who, who stands any sort of chance because, yeah, Romney's got his issues, but he's the only one that comes off like, he, you know, he doesn't have his head completely up his ass. I'm not saying, once again, not saying that I would I would want to see him elected. But I mean, that's pretty much it. And the, and, the, and the the humor, the irony of the fact that they keep desperately trying to overlook him is just—it's so beautiful. I mean, I think it, traditionally, I'm just talking about he looks—he looks like your traditional, the more traditional Republican yeah, politician. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he looks like if Ted Danson ran for president in 1985 or something like 1984. <laughs> He's not a traditional Republican. There's the Mormon thing, you know. I I think the only real traditional Republican. I mean, I'm talking about someone who embodies Republicanism going back 100 years. Perry. Uh, is, is, well, not even Rick Perry. Oh, is, you think Gingrich? No, well, John Huntsman. I think it was John the, Huntsman. Is the Actually, only guy. Point. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's the only guy, and I'm not talking about someone who can win. I'm talking about someone who the Republicans traditionally would have nominated. I, I'm talking about even pre-Reagan. That's that's really that's actually it's a very good point. And that's that's very fair. Huntsman actually is the kind of guy that I could see, you know, him running for president on the, uh, as a Republican. It obviously makes perfect. He is a Republican, but it makes perfect sense. Well, if you know, yeah, he's somebody who I look at and I'm like, all right, he's kind of an old school Republican politician. Um, but it, but it's interesting that I, I sort of immediately brushed him aside in favor of, say, a Romney or something like that, because he just gets so little press. 
You know, he it, it's here's a guy who actually does kind of have his act together. Once again, I don't necessarily agree with him on a lot of things, but I mean, they are just completely overlooking him because he's not fucking crazy enough. Yeah, that's right. Well, that, and that's they exactly right. Only the lunatics. The only, only the lunatics. That's such a great point, and that's exactly why John Hutzman doesn't have a chance. Yeah. And it's because the the modern Republican Party doesn't understand the the voting dynamic. They mistake volume. I'm talking about sound volume for uh, populism. So you have a very loud, loud, loud Tea Party base screaming for someone like Michelle Bachman or Rick Perry or some, you know, Herman Cain. And when, in fact, that's only a, a small, small fraction of the actual Republican voting population. You, and, and, but because they're loud, they get all the attention, right? What, what, they want, what the Republicans ought to understand is, and this is what President Obama understands, and it pisses off some of uh, our fellow liberals, is that President Obama understands that there's a middle. And they're not, they're not necessarily politically centrist. They're just independent voters. They, they kind of have a mixture of different ideas. Not everyone is ideological. Some people are, uh, you know, anti-abortion, but they're pro-death penalty or uh, anti-gun, but pro-socialism. You know, just like uh, that's actually the same side. I don't know why I said that. Pro-gun and, and pro-socialism. But, you know. So there's a there's a whole diversity of opinion in the middle that they just want authenticity. They want someone reasonable. They want someone who can run the country in a respectable way. And I think if if the Republicans understood that this giant block existed, they would, uh, you know, seek to find someone like John Huntsman and elevate that person. Instead, instead, you get this guy. Excuse me. Right. Or you get Rick Perry. Now, Rick Perry, for his part, had a major meltdown this week. And you wrote a great post about it. Oh, that I think he came out of the closet. Yeah, yeah that weird rambling speech. Here's a little bit. That of was this. that was my first reaction when I heard it and when I watched it. I'm like, yeah. really? Well, think uh, Corky St. Clair mm. from Waiting for Guffman talking about. You know, the, the, the sweeping sort of hat while you're listening to this. I grew up on a farm. I grew up, I grew up on a farm. I tell people so far out in the country that everybody had their own Tomcat. <laughs> Some of you are not going to get that, but. Um, yeah, no one gets that. You, what the hell does that to, mean? He had well, a you tomcat? Have to, you have to see the face. Yeah. You, that's important. You have to see the face and you have to see the mannerisms. I mean, it. it yeah, I, total dick for saying this, I'm sure. Yes, I am. But uh, but watching him and listening to him, all I could think is, wow, this guy's flaming. Holy crap. And it wasn't just because, um, uh, you know, I, I think that somehow his sort of uh, affected effeminate mannerisms are, are completely gay or anything like that. But, uh, but just... Compared to what I'm used to seeing, the sort of tough guy, shit-kicking cowboy, that persona, the the strong, you know, uh, iron-jawed uh, uh, Sears mannequin look, like you always say, yeah. uh, coming from Perry, to see him suddenly just be like, he's just, he's happy, and he's just talking, and he's making all these little faces, and he's, and I'm just like, wow, man, you're like on fire. Yeah, <laughs> well, but once again, he's got that. 
And I don't, I, I don't know if it's gay. I, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it's got, he's got that affected uh, preacher voice. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with the value voters thing. And this guy. Remember this guy? Conservative out of convenience or one who is a conservative out of deep conviction? Do we right. want a candidate who is a good moral person? Or do we want a candidate who is a born-again follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? It's that Lord right, they've Jesus got, They've got Christ. that cliched sibilance, gay yeah. sibilance to their voice. Yeah. Lord Jesus Christ. So, but uh, let's, let's continue with this Rick Perry thing, because this is, in, in a few seconds here, he starts to sound really drunk. And they said, well, I don't think he was drinking, but he sounds drunk. If he, I mean, if he wasn't drinking, he's having a stroke. This little school I grew up in, um, mayor was called Paint Creek, <laughs> and, and it was very small. As a matter of fact, the motto of the school was, um, no dream too tall for a school so small. <laughs> yeah. And, and by the way, I graduated in the top ten in my high school class. <laughs> I know. Was that on my resume? Yeah, you know, and he does. He sounds like a Christopher Guest character. I mean, it sounds does, like but- Christopher Guest as Rick Perry improvising a scene that is, is meant to be deliberately absurd. You know, I mean, either but you that know, or- but you know what's funny? I actually like him. That's yeah. the th- one of the first things I noticed watching it was I actually like this guy. Yeah. Like, you know, like he's to I think one of the things that I wrote in that in that post that I that I put up about him, about him, his being gay um, was that he strikes me as a guy who just recently came out of the closet and for the first time is just being himself. Yeah, he's just comfortable. And I like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it honestly, I'm like at the end of it, I'm like, yeah, it was fucking weird as hell. But at least he was kind of like he was personable. The other thing it sounds like, it sounds like Elvis in this, in this press conference. Elvis Presley. I don't pay attention to rumors. No. I don't pay attention to movie magazines. They don't read them because they're all junk. And, uh, right? No, no I, 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 don't, I don't mean to put anybody's job down. I'm talking about they have a job to do, and they got, they got to write something. So if they don't know anything, they make it up. You know. So in my case, they make it up. Right. And so then you have this. I mean, I know Hilaire and... and uh, oh, this one, you know what? This is where he sounds drunk. I mean, this, this is where he really starts to sound like Elvis, right here. Your name, brother. <laughs> Unfortunately, this current administration has since provided $1 million. This current administration has a million dollars. If I hear rumors flying around, I got sick in the hospital. Well, I was, you know, in this day and time, you can't even get sick. You are strung out. Oh, by God, I'll tell you something, friend. I have never been strung out in my life. That, that's Elvis. That was Elvis Presley. That, the other the other guy is Rick Perry. It's, it sounds to me like, like you know, not long before... Uh, that Perry speech in New Hampshire that uh, uh, Leo McGarry sat across a table from him and slid a napkin to him that said, let Bartlett be Bartlett or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, and let Perry be Perry. And Perry just decided, okay, I'm going to be me. And then Leo uh, took him into the bathroom and blew him. So, it, yeah, right. And in response to all of this, so they released this commercial. If you're looking for a slick politician or a guy with great teleprompter skills, we already have that. 
and he's destroying our economy. I'm a doer, not a talker. In Texas, we created 40% of the new jobs in the entire country since June of 2009. And we cut a record $15 billion from our state budget. Now, they say we can't do that in Washington. Well, they're wrong, and they need to go. I'm Rick Perry, and I approve of this message. So here you have a commercial in which Rick Perry is describing how he's not a very good talker and how if you want someone who reads off a teleprompter, well, he's already in Washington. Uh, Rick Perry in this commercial was reading off of a goddamn teleprompter. Of course he was. And and how how much does it send, you know, like uh, Vietnam vet hearing choppers chills down your spine to hear a Texan say the word, I'm a doer. It just it just all of a sudden there's that fucking flashback I have. I'm a doer. somewhere between decider and evildoer. There it is. Oh god! And you know what? It's what's really frightening is just how everyone's going. You know, the Perry people are looking at this commercial and they're going, "Yeah, yeah, good." Yep. No, no teleprompters for this campaign. Now, now, could you do another take? We'll roll back the teleprompter, Mister Perry or Governor. You can read this again. Hmm. You know, and it's it's so hilarious. And this is a, and this will come up again later in the show because I there was another there was another thing about czars that I heard this week that I want to talk about. But the uh, the teleprompter thing was one of those attacks early in the Obama campaign where the Republicans didn't know quite how to or not the Obama campaign, the Obama presidency. The Republicans didn't quite know how to go after the guy, and so they whipped out everything they could it was everything but the kitchen sink they and one of the things was the use of the teleprompter even though every president every modern president since reagan the invention of the teleprompter has used a teleprompter yeah i don't know it's nothing it's it's the most absurd argument ever i mean it really is it's you would be hard pressed that's like it's it's like a south park gag you would be hard pressed to find something more absurd than that criticizing a, a united states president because he uses a teleprompter. It's like saying, you know that President Obama, that uh, Kenyan socialist, walks around in those pants. Why is he wearing pants? Right. Stupid guy. We've got a guy. I'm not going to be one of those slick politicians who wears pants. So therefore, <laughs> we've got one of those guys. we got a pants. Apparently, that's what Herman Cain is. <laughs> we got a pants-wearing president right now we want to get out of office. We want to defeat him in November. So vote against pants. And so, you know... They've painted themselves into this corner now. If you notice some of their public uh, public addresses, some of their speaking engagements, and their stump speeches, they don't have teleprompters because they can't use them. They can't use them visibly. So now you've got every candidate from Michelle Bachman on up to uh, you know Rick Perry and Herman Cain. They're all reading off of notes. So right. half the time they're looking down at the podium, stumbling over notes, and then you end up getting – Rick Perry speeches, uh, you know, like this one, you know, where he's just... And federal grant money (laughs) to Planned Parenthood in direct conflict with this state's policies. It's just this rambling, boring... I like how you go back to it as if he's still talking. Let's go back to it live. (laughs) There he is. Still talking. No, I mean, but, you know, is there is there really a better metaphor for the entire thinking of, of the conservative movement and the Republican Party? Mm-hmm. The idea that they're, they're afraid of – you can't even call it progress. They're afraid of, of 
Yeah, teleprompters represent a sort of uh, a sort of embrace of what's happening right now, and they're willing to shoot themselves in the foot and go back to cue cards and go back to index cards as opposed to embracing something that pretty much the entire world uses. Yeah, there is no difference. There is no difference between a teleprompter and a piece of paper sitting there on the podium. There's yeah, no difference. Other, yeah. You're still reading fucking you know notes that somebody or certainly somebody else. I'd say that you wrote, but somebody else wrote them. One of it's Some on very a very high paid speechwriter. Yeah, exactly. And one is on a screen, the other is on a piece of paper. There is no difference. So you know, this is their attack, and so they've painted themselves into this ridiculous predicament where they can't use teleprompters, and then they even still do. And they even do it. They even read how the president uses teleprompters off of a teleprompter. So but then you yep. have, I mean, basically, to, to sum up the last couple of days, you've got now this guy, uh, the cigarette-smoking man from the Herman Cain commercial. That was the previous debacle. That was, a, that was a debacle like several debacles before the sexual harassment debacle. So you have the cigarette-smoking man who's now saying that, and he's the chief of staff of the King campaign, saying that it was Rick Perry who leaked the sexual harassment stuff. Rick Perry's campaign, meanwhile, is, I don't know what the hell he's doing. He's just he's trying to wiggle out of going to the debates. He's, you know, delivering these long, drunken, semi-slurred speeches, sounding like Elvis Presley strung out on heroin. Uh, and... And so then emerging from all of this, oh, yeah, by the way, Mitt Romney's got a Ponzi scheme problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Newt Gingrich, the guy who, was, who had to resign from Congress in disgrace and has been married three times, one of his divorces, he filed for divorce, made the, his wife sign papers while she was recovering from cancer surgery. He's surging. This is your Republican Party. This is the best and brightest they could come up with to run against a president who they believe is the worst president ever. <laughs> Who's weak, he's, not, he's unpopular, he's un-American, he's a socialist. He's not even... Ladies and, not ladies even, and gentlemen, you're American idotes. <laughs> right. He's not even from this country. So anyway... Round of applause for the Republican Party, for the Republican candidates. Keep going. Keep going, guys. You're doing a great job. They are. So uh, today's show brought to you, as always, by BubbleGenius.com. It's the soap that we use exclusively here on the show. In fact, I'm, uh, I've got a big handful of soap right now. And uh, it's in the bathroom. There's, uh, there's soap. We use that as hand soap here. We use it as bath soap. We've got every form of soap. Everywhere there is soap, it is Bubble Genius soap in this household. And I urge you to do the same, to buy all of your soap and bath and body products from Bubble Genius. Support liberal and independent businesses. Oh, and here's their latest commercial. Enjoy this. Excellent. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius bath and body products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business Proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. 
We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Wow. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. Hey, uh... That was really nice sounding there. <laughs> yeah. Who kidnapped... I'm like, I was, holy crap. What was this? <laughs> Jesus, first of all, you've got David Crosby impregnating somebody in the background playing a little guitar there. It was wonderful. Uh, like, who, uh... Who replaced... Who are the pod people that replaced uh, the Bubble Genius ladies? Yeah. This commercial brought to you by Pod People. Uh, <laughs> add your uh, uh, promo code Bob and Chez B O B A N D C H E Z uh, when you go to buy uh, your Bubble Genius products and get fifteen percent off your entire order from BubbleGenius.com, the official and, and exclusive sponsor of this podcast. Um, and and please do go to uh, go to iTunes, subscribe to the show on iTunes, and uh, make sure to enter a, a rating for the show. And we'd prefer if it'd be a positive rating <laughs> or review. Right. If it's a negative rating, please don't. Yeah, please don't. You can you can scream about how you hate the show uh, to Chez via email. Yeah, please do. DeusXMalcontent at gmail dot com. <laughs> I love I love it. Uh, so, but don't send anything to me because I, I never read anything. I don't read. I don't check my email. I don't even have email. I, I enjoy fighting with people online. It's <laughs> What I live for. Oh, by the way, we have a new affiliate. I almost forgot to mention this. We have a new affiliate. Oh, yeah, I, I saw that on uh, Twitter this week. Yeah, this is a really great service, uh, Stitcher.com. It's almost like you, you have your whole array of podcasts like you normally get on iTunes. But yeah. instead of syncing your, your iPhone and all that stuff, you're just down, waiting for it to download and then having to plug in your iPhone and your, or your uh, iPod or your iPad and waiting for the whole thing to catch up and to synchronize between your computer and your uh, smartphone, uh, what Stitcher does is they, they stream on-demand radio shows directly to your smartphone. So if you get the app and you download it and you put it on your phone, then you can listen to, what, you can listen to this show stream. You don't have to wait for it to sync and all that crap. You can just do it. Listen, listen to what you're saying. You know, instead of going through all that trouble of taking that amazing piece of technology that holds your entire fucking record collection and makes phone calls. Right. Excuse me. Having to deal with that that problem. Yeah. We're going to make your life. Now we make it even drool-inducingly easy for you. That's right. Stitcher. As you know, I've talked about this for the last several weeks. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of uh, right-wing talk radio. And specifically, whenever I'm in the car, this guy Dennis Prager is always on. You are obsessed with Dennis Prager. Well, you know what? He's, and I almost feel bad ripping the guy because it's like he's an easy target. Yeah. He's, just, he's kind of third. He's a third stringer. He is a third stringer. But he's, in, he's part of this big Salem uh, radio network. Which includes, you know, Hugh Hewitt and Dennis Miller and uh, uh, who else is on that network? Ah, I forget I who else know. is on it. doesn't, it doesn't matter. Care. But, you know, it's like a bunch of, uh, oh, yeah, Mark, uh, Mark Levin is on that network, too. Mark Levin is a very popular one. 
But Dennis Prager is... From now uh, on, I think you should call yourself Bob Siska. <laughs> right. Just yeah. to fuck with people. Yeah, and you know, because I've been calling him Mark Levin until I actually started listening to his show a little bit, and it's Mark Levin. Sorry. Mm. Mark Levin. Uh, it's, it's Headley. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, this guy, Dennis Prager, is a big idiot. And there were a couple of things that I just really couldn't believe I was hearing on his show this week. And I'm talking about the things that go beyond just the normal right-wing horseshit. Mm. I mean, these, this, is like, this is well beyond anything reasonable. He had uh, this guy, Phil Kirpin, from Americans for Prosperity on as a guest. Americans for Prosperity, as you probably know, is a big Koch brothers front. They, they were one of the big astroturfers behind the Tea Party movement. Americans for Prosperity. Rachel Maddow has done quite a bit of research and reporting on Americans for Prosperity. But so this guy, Phil Kirpin, was on, and the whole idea of having this guy on was so he and Dennis Prager could bitch about the czars. Again, like the teleprompter thing, they're attacking something that every president has had. FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, almost 100 years ago. So not 100 years ago, but you know, close, 80, had, uh, had czars. You know, the word czars is, is a, is a made-up word that the media applied to. It's not a made-up word, but the media created it or applied it to presidential advisors. So, you know, there's a presidential advisor on science and technology. Media just in generally calls that person a czar. Sure. So... They're talking about czars and how unconstitutional and uh, unpresidential and all of it uh, is. The president has so many czars. <laughs> and Dennis Prager says, and this is what made me pull over and immediately begin to tweet about it. Dennis Prager goes, imagine if a Republican did that. Imagine, you know, imagine if a Republican had all of those czars. I yeah, don't yeah. have to imagine. I don't have to imagine it. The previous president had more czars than this current president. Well, there's just, I mean, there's something nefarious sounding about czar, which once again says nothing about, uh, about the fact that every president, you know, way down the fucking line has had one of these things, mm-hmm. has had a bunch of these things. But yeah, but for some reason, it's just one of those sort of buzzwords that they can throw out there because it sounds, first of all, it sounds foreign, which it is, um, but it it sounds, it sounds evil. And so they just, they hype that crap. And once again, they do it as if, uh, they do it with the knowledge that their audience won't give a crap about the fact that all the other presidents before, including Republicans, have had these guys. That's right. The other thing is, is I think they're trying to conflate the Russian czars thing with communism, even though well, the czars, even though the czars predated. Oh, the my, my favorite. I was just going to say my favorite, uh, you know, of, of all the like ridiculous, racist and stupid uh, sign, Tea Party signs uh, that we saw popping up, you know, a couple of years back. My favorite one was the sign that said more czars than the USSR. Yeah. <laughs> OK. Except that there were no fucking czars in the USSR. That's right. The USSR did away with the czars. That was the entire idea of it. The entire Bolshevik revolution was to get rid of the czars. Exactly. exactly right. So that was Dennis Prager yeah. talking about the czars. He also said um, something fascinating this week. Uh, and it was just, you know, he's like, he's like one of these Republicans who 
I, I want to say that he's bullshitting it because no one could be this thick. And I know I shouldn't even say thick. He's it's his arguments are so wafer thin because he comes up with these straw man arguments. Here's a great example. He says, uh, I don't, you know what? I don't know if this is a straw man argument, regardless. He's, he's had straw man arguments before. I think we talked about him last week on the show. Sure. Uh, he said this week, uh, the Tea Party supports Herman Cain. So how can the Tea Party be racist? He just throws that out there for his audience. Is this- right. That's, that's an argumentative fallacy. I know exactly what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Tea Party supports Cain. So therefore, how and, – and Cain is Cain, black. Cain is black. So how can the Tea Party yeah. – yeah, exactly. But it turns out – I looked this up. I said, well, how, you know, how much of the Tea Party actually supports Herman Cain? You know, for, to say the whole Tea Party supports Herman Cain, you think, all right, well, if you pull the Tea Party, you know, like at least 60 percent, 60 to 80 percent of the Tea Party must support Herman Cain. If they're to be blanket regarded as being not racist because of it. Well, it turns out only 32 percent, according to Gallup, 32 percent of the Tea Party supports Herman Cain. Now, it's a plurality. I mean, more, more people from the Tea Party right now at this moment support Herman Cain than the other candidates, but only 32% of them do. That means 68% of the Tea Party supports one of the other uh, white candidates. It's not Herman Cain. 68% of the Tea Party supports anyone but Herman Cain. So you yeah. can't you can't say the Tea Party supports Kane. Kane is black, therefore the Tea Party isn't racist. Because you know you can you can make a similar argument and say, well, then sixty eight percent of the Tea Party is racist, or you know so maybe some of the thirty two percent are racist. Maybe they're just saying they support Herman Kane so they don't appear racist. Maybe they're going to go into the voting booth on, on primary day or caucus day. And, uh, and, and cast their ballot, cast their vote for uh, someone else who's not Herman Cain. You don't know. So I, I, I just I find this stuff baffling. And, it, and I tell you exactly why I find it so frustrating to listen to sometimes is because I know and it's not exactly what I'm hearing. I think about how. The typical, you know, Dennis Prager, Mark Levin, Rush Limbaugh listener is reacting to this nonsense. Imagine if a Republican had czars. They're going, hell yeah. Or as someone on Twitter said, get her done. Exactly. You know, and that's what's annoying about it, because, you know, they're taking this horseshit argument. This rationalization of Tea Party support for Herman Cain, therefore Tea Party is not racist. They're taking that to the dinner table or they're taking that to the water cooler at work and spreading this nonsense around. Because someone in a, in a position of authority who has a show broadcast nationally, say what you will about Dennis Prager. The guy's got a nationally syndicated radio show. I'm listening to it in Honolulu, for God's sake, in Hawaii, the most democratic state in the union. You know, yeah. So that's that. That was Dennis Prager. Oh yeah, I did one more thing. He said this is kind of stupid. He said the federal government keeps governing from the left, even though voters spoke out last year and and, and elected a bunch of Republicans. So therefore, just because the House went Republican, 
that means the whole federal government has to govern with a Republican slant. Uh, I don't know if you and I have talked about this. That's one of the my huge pet peeves is this this co-opting of the American people and mass by really by either uh, party. Um, yeah. But certainly by, you know, we've seen it a lot, you know, arrogantly done from the, uh, by Republicans who will say the American people have spoken. This is what the American people want. The American people want this. The American, you know what? Fuck you, moron. You do not necessarily know what, what the American people and mass want. And certainly just because uh, a, a majority of you happen to get elected, that doesn't mean that every single American that, that, you know, the American people have gotten together and rallied and said, we don't like Obama and we love you guys. That's right. I mean, and, and no one says just because the House, again, the House of Representatives does not ha- have any sway whatsoever, except with in terms of appropriations uh, over any other part of the federal government. The House of Representatives, is the House of Representatives, you vote for a House member who happens to be a Republican. That doesn't mean that. The, uh, you know, the sub-bureau chief of the, the Department of uh, Housing and Urban Development has to start suddenly enacting uh, Republican rules and, and inserting Republican ideology in everything. This is not how it works. There's separation of powers. The executive branch of the government is separate from the, the uh, legislative branch. The House is separate from the Senate. It's just just, incredibly frustrating, incredibly frustrating to hear this level of ignorance and lying, just flat out lying. Well, I think kind of going back to what you were saying a little while ago, um, I I get the impression sometimes that Fox News, for all of its uh, really obviously huge elevation of Republican politics, in some ways has done Republican politics a great disservice. Because I think that that is what has sidelined people like John Huntsman, it, sort of the, the the echo chamber of really really loud voices like you were talking about, who all tend to sort of get into lockstep and they push the craziness, the true craziness, and that's what what's made it so that most uh, most candidates, in order to get support from the Rush Limbaugh's of the world have to be as whack job as humanly possible. And the traditional, quite frankly, traditional is a good word. The traditional politicians like John Huntsman, who, you know, once again, may disagree with him, but, you know, he's not insane. They get tossed by the wayside because they just don't, once again, they're not crazy enough. They just don't, uh, uh, they can't make a ripple in in the, they can't be heard over the gigantic Fox News talk radio echo chamber and the t- Fox News talk radio echo chamber loves crazy. I mean, it's great for ratings. They th- you know they purport to to say that it's great for the country, but you know it works well very well for them. The more they can hype that kind of that kind of absurdity up. And you know, this week we even heard from an actual Republican pollster, a guy, a conservative pollster, Ed Rogers who, writing for the Washington Post, kind of confirmed a lot of things we've been saying on this show. I mean, I'm sure he wasn't directly responding to anything we say. But, you know, he just happened to say, you know, Those two assholes on that podcast. (laughs) That's right. But he actually confirmed that the Republicans are all about coming up with uh, ideas that can fit onto a bumper sticker, that there's no substantive policy. I saw that you put that up. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. The the more you can – the message discipline – extends or descends down to 
a bumper sticker size, and that's it. That's right. That's right. And so this is what uh, the party is all about, the Republican Party. This is what it's Ed Rogers. It's not a party of ideas. It's a party of bumper stickers. That's right. This is what Ed Rogers wrote in the Washington Post. Our team, he's speaking specifically of the Republicans, our team wants someone authentic, creative, fresh, bold, and likable. And we don't have much tolerance for too many facts or too much information. In, po- <laughs> in politics, a bumper sticker always beats an essay. Keynes 999 is a bumper sticker. Romney's economic plan is an essay. Perry's rationale for giving the children of undocumented workers in-state college tuition rates is an essay. No handouts for illegal aliens is an effective bumper sticker. All right. <laughs> it really, I mean, it really is. the It's the idiocracy. Right. Well, they, did, they have to play to people you who— You cannot think. You know, don't, don't be confused by things like facts. I mean, this is obviously—this is not anything new. This has been coming uh, for— years into decades but it just it's amazing that it's reached this level of just shut your fucking brain off yeah well they're playing to a certain audience uh you know an audience that thinks wrestling is real reality shows are reality and a mcrib sandwich is real pork you know it's just it's easy it's it's easy to sell to those people i mean here my god what am i eating (laughs) i'd look it up there you know what there was a story this week i think it's got I want to say something like 70 different chemical elements to it that are, are not pork. <laughs> There's something really you know, that, does, that doesn't fit on a bumper sticker, though. <laughs> 70 different chemical elements that are not pork. Here's the headline. McRib found to contain same ingredient as Jim Matz. <laughs> Either- Once again, the, Mc, the McJim Matt doesn't sound quite as appetizing. Yummy. Time Magazine's Healthland blog said that identified 70 different ingredients that go into the boneless, rib-shaped, sauce-slathered concoction. Boneless, rib-shaped. <laughs> God, I love it. Let me see if I can get through this word. Azotocarbonamide is one ingredient found in the sandwich's bun, according to Healthland. It's most commonly used in the manufacturing of foam gym mats and the soles of shoes. By the way, it's a substance that, uh, I don't know what it is. It's A-Z-O-D-I, azotocarbonamide. is a substance banned in Europe and strictly regulated by the FDA. <laughs> Yum. Uh, where, where can I buy one? Quick. Yeah, but you know what? If I survive my 20s putting the shit in my body that I did, none of that's going to kill me. Yeah. So, yeah, just getting back to the tea party. I took horse tranquilizers for a while. The McRib is not going to hurt. Yeah. Today's show brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. Pure products, pure genius, Bubble Genius. And here is their brand new commercial. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius bath and body products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. 
We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. The Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show. That's what it's called. Enter your promo code Bob and Chez and get 15% off your entire order from Bubble Genius. They I'm are completely against uh, completely against sending soap products over to the troops. I want nothing but Bill O'Reilly books sent. I assure you their products are entirely vegan and all natural. Boxes and boxes of Bill O'Reilly books. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, we were talking about the tea party a second ago. Uh, this is uh, this is something that just came down today. Moments into a speech before volunteers here Wednesday evening, Elizabeth Warren was interrupted by a Tea Party supporter who hurled a gender-based epithet at the Senate candidate. The man, who said he'd been unemployed since February 2010, objected to Warren's expressed affiliation with the frustrations of Occupy Wall Street and argued that the Tea Party has been protesting Wall Street excess for longer than the nascent global movement. That's interesting. I thought they were against protesting against Wall Street. But, okay, well, who knows? They're, they're, they're for or against whatever, whatever the opposite is of what the liberals are doing. Uh, so basically this guy, there was a heated exchange between Warren and this Tea Party guy. And this Tea Party guy ended up saying, well, if you're the intellectual creator of that so-called party, he said, you're a socialist whore. That's what he shouted at. Elizabeth. I hope so. Called her, called her a socialist. That's the way I like whore. them. Crowd shouted him down as he added that Warren's quote unquote boss, presumably referring to the president, was quote unquote foreign born. That's all it takes. And there you go. And you lose the argument. Yeah, and the McRib is pure meat. Yep. Well, the best part about that actually is that uh, when he went to leave, he he tried to make this really dramatic exit out the side door. He picked up his bag and walked out, walked right over, went to go hit the door, and it was locked. So he had to kind of like, uh, kind of like you know, slink out the back door. Right. His dramatic. His dramatic. Exactly. <laughs> Epic fail on your dramatic exit there, douchebag. That's so great. That's so great. What an asshole. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know, uh, this wasn't the only thing. The, the Republicans uh, have had a great week as far as being really classy. I, I'm sure you saw this article about the uh, Loudoun County Republicans. Oh, yeah, the Obama with the, uh, with the hole in his head. Yeah. I sent out an email blast to all their supporters. The big graphic on there for Halloween, it showed like a really distorted Nancy Pelosi. I, you know... I haven't heard a single Republican voice an actual objection to Nancy Pelosi based on policy. It's all like Nancy Pelosi is weird and witchy looking. Oh, she, yeah. you know, Nancy Pelosi, she, oh, she got so much Botox. So Mark Levin says, Nancy Pelosi has got a lot of Botox. I can't believe how some guy like me, a woman like Nancy Pelosi walk around and falls to Congress so much Botox in her face. That's my, my Mark Levin impression. Mark Hello. Levin. Uh, but uh, so they, there's Nancy Pelosi on this thing, and then there's the uh, uh, the, the famous Hope version of uh, President Obama distorted to look like the president's a uh, a zombie, and there's a bullet hole in his head, bullet hole right. right through his forehead. 
And you didn't think- didn't uh, Fox News call it a leaky hole? In an <laughs> yeah. effort to in an effort to uh, yeah, leaking brains out of it because he'd been shot in the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The only leaky hole around there is Gretchen Carlson. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, all right. I, I love how I, <laughs> I just I just took took uh, took that classy to the next level. <laughs> We're here bitching about them <laughs> saying awful, doing awful things with Obama, and I'm like Gretchen Carlson. Gretchen Carlson's a leaky, a leaky hole. I suck. You know, Fox News Channel's famous for all that sort of thing. Are they calling uh, suicide bombers homicide bombers. Right. Yeah. They, they've all. Yeah. I mean, look, nothing, nothing topped. Really, I mean, in the in the annals of of absolute like what the fuck insanity nothing tops the the terrorist fist jab comment oh that was so i mean that that really that to this day that leaves me just you know i tilt my head and i'm like scooby-doo like Like, what (laughs) really yeah well yeah so they call it a leaky hole in his head a leaky it was it was Edie hill that said that too wasn't it i think and she's working last time i checked i I haven't seen lately but the last time i checked I, i saw her pop up on cnn and I mean, I, I remember it really pissed me off because I'm thinking this woman should never work anywhere else as long as she lives. I don't care even if she wasn't the one who wrote that. If that was the work of some, you know, poor schleppy life sucks fucking twenty three hundred dollars or twenty three thousand dollar a year writer, you know, out in the uh, out in the writing pool who cranked that out. She said it and she should never work another day for saying something that ridiculous. But, you know, the thing about this. Loudoun County GOP graphic of the bullet hole, leaky hole, sorry, leaky hole right. ahead. Uh, that I always think about, and, and this happens every time I see one of these emails get forwarded. Oh, I didn't know. I'm just sending around an email. I didn't think it would have watermelons on the lawn of the White House. I thought it was just a joke. Yep, yep, yep. You know, every time I see something like that, I, I go, isn't there some sort of internal sensor that goes, you know what, maybe that's not such a good idea. Maybe no, we, maybe isn't. you know, and I'm sure there are multiple levels of approval when so, when a graphic gets sent out from a county Republican Party. Because I mean, all the Republican Party offices you tell you how organized they are. I was part. I was a uh, an elected council person, committee person for the a county Democratic Party. We used to meet in like the dank dungeon under like a firehouse. Like at a fire company, you know, where the night before they were having one of them yickadoo beer swill parties. And that's where the Democratic Party meets. The Republicans have offices. I mean, they rent offices in, in office buildings where there are people and desks and cubicles and computers and Xerox machines. So at the Loudoun County GOP, where there's probably several levels of approval, no one went down through this email and said... Hey, look at that. It's zombie President Obama. That's funny. Ha, 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 ha. And they no, don't, they don't realize, it, right? No, because it's, it's the sort of, you know, you hear this, this criticism a lot of times uh, when it comes to the media, which is that, you know, how did a story fall through the cracks? Um, even a big story. I, I, God, I've seen this happen so many times uh, during my career. You know, how is it that everyone missed this story? You just sort of get tunnel vision. You know, you just, I, I, it, 
I'm sure there's some sort of psychological uh, experiments that have been done exp- explaining this sort of the group think. But you just sort of don't – it sounds crazy, but you just don't notice. And if you get enough people together, you would think somebody would catch it. But oddly enough, they all sort of – once again, the group think. They all sort of start to think in tandem and nobody notices that. Nobody stands up and says, yeah, you know what? That's you know, and I get. I, I think it almost kind of goes. It, it kind of goes back to the Kitty Genovese thing, you know, years ago in New York. I think if you get enough people together, they all start to think that. Well, you know what? If the other person isn't having an issue with it, obviously there's nothing really wrong. <laughs> yeah, and but then later there's the, the, all the denials, I and mean, they finally get caught on it. Then they, oh shit, damn it, we shouldn't have done that. Right, but it's yeah, already well, but it's already out sort there. of reality kicks in. But the other thing is that I think that we we are so divided as a country right now. I really do believe that when the Loudoun County Republican Party, even though they know full well that that obviously with the internet anybody can look at just about anything, and certainly there are more uh, checks and balances now from the other side than there used to be. I think that they also, once again, the echo chamber, I think that, that each side kind of gets used to really preaching only to the choir, especially, I, I, I think, the Republicans, because I think Republicans are so used to having this this loudspeaker, this, you know what, I'm, we're going to send our crap out, and really only our people are going to hear it, and they're going to love it, and they're going to eat it up, and just nobody's thinking that that it could be wrong, and that certainly that they'll get called on it by the other side, which has no trouble looking this up on the Internet. Yeah, and you know what? I don't think they even care, though. I yeah, I think that was the whole point of this. They they wanted to get it out there, and so it's out there. Apologizing for it later does not erase the graphic. It does not does not prevent that image from spreading around. Right. It's better so they, to ask for uh, ask for forgiveness than permission. Right. So you can go to Google, like I'm doing right now. Type in Obama zombie. Right. The first image that comes up is that. The first image. So it's out there. No, I, I, I take that back. It's the third image. Because, I mean, what we're talking about here is... This is what politics is degenerated into. Portraying violence against the president. And that's, and that's what we see. That's what we've seen left and right. The, whether it's a bullet in the head or a, a chunk of, of the head missing, or if it's, you know, to, bringing your firearm to a Tea Party rally near where the president is speaking. It's, it's all part of the same narrative. That, you know, you better look out or else we're going to get you, you know, no, and that, it's, a, it's eliminationist. Yeah, we're not. That's we don't exactly right. argue anymore. We don't have differences of opinion. It's people like Rush Limbaugh saying that uh, your your enemy is your enemy. It's not your political adversary. It's your that, that person is your enemy and needs to be crushed for the good of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Where this guy who is. Doing his damnedest to and and has successfully saved this country from entering another Great Depression. And that is a fact. That is a fact. Whether you agree with the politics behind the stimulus or not, it doesn't matter. Because it was that the passage of that eight hundred billion dollars prevented a Great Depression. This country was hemorrhaging eight hundred thousand jobs a month. GDP was, you know, minus 7%. The, and we, we, were, we were entering a, a major, major, major recession. And it was prevented by the passage of this one piece of legislation. 
which, by the way, Mitt Romney took, I don't know, $3 billion of it. I mean, it took billions upon billions of, of that money. I mean, not Mitt Romney. I mean, Rick Perry. Rick Perry requested and received a crapload of stimulus money, which managed to create jobs in Texas, the same jobs that he is, uh, you know, taking credit for. He wouldn't be able to take credit for it if it wasn't for the fact that there was this stimulus bill, which he goes on the campaign trail and, and voices opposition to. Demonizes it. This is the, uh, this is the, <laughs> it's staggering. And so this guy is, uh, is un-American. This guy is out of his depth, right? You, call, you, know, you even hear smart guys, otherwise smart guys. Like George Will saying that he's a floundering naif. Yeah, coming from George Will. Yeah, floundering naif. And you mean as opposed to the three Republican frontrunners? Yeah, those those dingbats. You know, this this one guy who contradicts himself in a single sentence. Well, hell, they all do. A guy who can't get through a sentence. And another guy, Herman Cain, who just really has no business being in politics whatsoever anyway. Certainly, he's willing. No. To, he's he's certainly welcome to run, but he's so far out of his depth. These guys, these guys are okay, but the president, who by, by the way killed Gaddafi, or didn't kill Gaddafi, you know, presided over the death of Gaddafi, killed Osama, bin killed Laden. Osama bin Laden, is what I meant. This guy's and a floundering. Killed, killed Anwar al awlaki who I really don't give a crap what anybody on the far left says. I don't give a rat's ass about. That's right. This guy's a floundering knave. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, who knows? <laughs> who knows how things are going to swing right now? But it looks like our next front runner will be Newt Gingrich. <laughs> Gingrich. This week's front runner, Newt Gingrich. It's only a matter of time. Oh, you know, I, I meant to tell this story. And you know, Britney Spears is uh, is Republican. Yeah. They can run her. Right. And didn't she say one time that you should trust the president and everything he she has did. to say? She did. They should totally run her. She that would, would be huge. Yeah. She would actually be better than I think many of these candidates. She's a Southern Republican. She's yeah. a dingbat. Perfect. She should always have that, that wad of gum in her mouth, too, when she talks. Yeah. You know, like, I think, I, I think you ought to trust the president, everything he Amen. says, and just trust in, trust in God that the president's going to do good. Yeah. Yep, right. Oh, you know, I narrowly missed going through a naked body scanner. Oh, yeah, you uh, you mentioned that. I, I was going to tell you, uh, God bless you for caring about that. I don't give a shit. I just go. I get it. I know my rights are being violated. My attitude at this point is, if that, like, overweight TSA woman is the only one who gets to look at my penis, at least somebody is. Well, you know, there's so few things, so many, so few awful things that, as a consumer, that are, are really kind of, yeah, you have to engage in them. You, you have to deal with... Corporate department stores. You have to deal with corporate restaurants. You have, you have to do all these things that, you know, you kind of go, ah, I wish I didn't have to do that. You know? I, know. I wish I didn't have to buy my gas from Exxon. But, you know, here was this, here was a thing that you I could actually avoid by saying, you know what, this is unconstitutional. I'm going to the other line. You're not going to force me to go through this just because I was stupid enough to walk into this line instead of the one right next to it. My shit isn't on the conveyor belt yet, so can I move over to the next line where I just walk through the regular metal detector and, you know, jag off behind the computer screens doesn't, you know, get to see me naked. I think you're right. I mean, if I had had that 
I think if that opportunity had been presented to me that I get one or the other, um, I would have taken, obviously, the uh, even at the last minute, I would have taken the uh, the regular one, not the backscatter. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I've had to walk through them before, and it's like I, gr- I groan and bear it. What, I hate it. It pisses me off. I, I, I use an excuse to make one or two little, you know, rotten little pissy comments under my breath to whoever about the illusion of security, and I just go on through. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Drive safely. We'll see you next week, Jess. See ya. Excuse me. <laughs>